and greetings, and welcome to another edition of the And You Shall Know That I Am Yahweh, an Ezekiel podcast. I'm Ethan. I'm so glad that you've joined us, and thank you for the gift of spending this time as we continue to explore what God has made known through the prophet Ezekiel. We begin today in chapter 22. And the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, And you, son of man, will you judge? Will you judge the bloody city? Then declare to her all her abominations. You shall say, Thus says the Lord Yahweh, a city that sheds blood in her midst, so that her time may come, and that makes her idols to defile herself. You have become guilty by the blood that you have shed, and defiled by the idols that you have made, and you have brought your days near. The appointed time of your years has come. Therefore I have made you a reproach to the nations, and a mockery to all the countries. Those who are near and those who are far from you will mock you. Your name is defiled. You are full of tumult. Behold, the princes of Israel in you, every one according to his power, have been bent on shedding blood. Father and mother are treated with contempt in you. The sojourner suffers extortion in your midst. The fatherless and the widow are wronged in you. You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. There are men in you who slander to shed blood, and people in you who eat on the mountains. They commit lewdness in your midst. In you men uncover their father's nakedness. In you they violate women who are unclean in their menstrual impurity. One commits abomination with his neighbor's wife. Another lewdly defiles his daughter-in-law. Another in you violates his sister, his father's daughter. In you they take bribes to shed blood. You take interest and profit and make gain of your neighbors by extortion. But me you have forgotten, declares the Lord Yahweh. Behold, I strike my hand at the dishonest gain that you have made, and at the blood that has been in your midst. Can your courage endure, or can your hands be strong in the days that I shall deal with you? I, Yahweh, have spoken, and I will do it. I will scatter you among the nations and disperse you through the countries, and I will consume your uncleanness out of you. And you shall be profaned by your own doing in the sight of the nations, and you shall know that I am Yahweh. In this section, we are in this this moment of of anticipation. The last timestamp we received was in chapter twenty, which was the seventh year, so around five ninety one. Uh, the next timestamp that we are going to receive is going to begin at chapter twenty four in the ninth year, so around five eighty nine. And so we don't know when these messages are coming. Uh, with some time between those times, and maybe closer to the 591 point, we're not sure. Uh, but what we do know is that we have seen uh, in chapter 20 that uh, Ezekiel was called upon to judge the uh, people and all of the abominations they had done, the service of idols they had done since the days of Egypt. Uh, in chapter 21, there was the warning of the coming sword. And at the end of 21, we saw that Nebuchadnezzar was at the juncture of the roads that one goes to Rabbah of Ammon and the other goes to Jerusalem of Judah. And the signs all came up for Jerusalem of Judah, even though that was not what was anticipated. Uh, you would probably want to deal with Rabbah first, and then you go down to deal with Jerusalem, uh, so you don't have an enemy uh, behind you. Uh, but the sign said to go to Jerusalem. Uh, and most recently, there was a prophecy against Ammon, that the Ammonites should not feel relieved by this uh, too much because judgment and condemnation was going to come for them as well. And so we now literally have Nebuchadnezzar on the road to Jerusalem. 
and the siege itself will begin in chapter 24. Therefore, this whole section here is this indictment. Uh, the point of what is being said here, in fact, chapter 22, you can see is a kind of Ezekiel in miniature. It's a litany of the condemnations of Jerusalem as a bloody city because the judgment is coming. The judgment is about to take place. And so this, you can imagine, is kind of the uh, prosecutor reading out the charges. This is why the judgment is happening. And what do we see here in this first section? We see a, a, a pretty disgusting litany, all of which is really rooted in Leviticus. We must remember that Ezekiel is a prophet, but he is also a priest. He has been trained and prepared to be in the priesthood, so he would have had a very robust schooling in Leviticus, and it shows, because we see here all these things that are consistent with uh, the condemnations of idolatry in the book of Leviticus, and also many of the aspects of the holiness code and things of that nature. So the, uh, they shed blood in the midst of the city, uh, they make idols to defile themselves, they are guilty because of this blood that they have shed, uh, and therefore they will be a reproach and a mockery. Uh, this is an honor-shame society, therefore the worst thing that can happen is for you to be mocked and derided. Uh, you have lost your land, you have lost your integrity, you have lost your standing, ha-ha, uh, is the worst thing that could happen to them. And so we uh, see what's going on here, and we have a litany of things. Um, the princes are shedding blood. Uh, parents are held in contempt. They're not being provided for in their old age. Sojourners are oppressed. Uh, the fatherless and widow are wronged. There's no one who stands for justice. Uh, the holy things and Sabbaths have been despised and profaned. Uh, people who eat on the mountains. There's all kinds of sexual morality. Uh, there are people who uncover their father's nakedness, uh, i.e., you look in Leviticus, that means that they are engaging in sexual conduct with their mothers or, or their stepmothers. Um, abominations, similar things are being done uh, with neighbors' wives, a daughter-in-law, um, sister. The fact that the father's daughter probably means that uh, the idea there is not a full-blood sister, half-sister, uh, share different mothers, but we can see that this is all part of this uh, indictment. Um, also, that there are um, times where they are having sexual intercourse with women who are in their uh, time of menstruation, which is also contrary to what you see in Leviticus. Uh, they take bribes, they shed blood, uh, they take interest and profit to make gain of their neighbors by extortion, which again was to be condemned. They were only supposed to take interest from foreigners. Uh, they were not to treat, they were not to exact interest from uh, their fellow man. Um, how pervasive is this? Well, it sounds pretty pervasive. This is a uh, making it look as, as possibly bad as it could. Um, doesn't mean that literally everybody was involved in these things. We can't know. Uh, we weren't there, but these are things that can be said of the city. Um, these are the types of sins where if Israel saw this happening in another nation like Sodom or one of their enemies, they would totally understand why God's judgment is coming. Uh, but now they're being judged for this. Uh, what this is showing you is a top-to-bottom uh, society that has indeed done what God has said they have done. They have forgotten Him. They do not take 
consideration that Yahweh of armies is the God of Israel and that he sees and that these things are an abomination to him. They have been doing all of these things and now they're going to suffer the judgment for all of this. And it's very important to note that it's not just, oh, they, can, they, they served idols and so God came and condemned them. It was not just one sin. It was all kinds of sin that was going on in the city to the point where it is considered a bloody city because of all of the blood being shed in it and the blood cries out for justice and for a satisfaction and it is coming and much more blood will be shed because of all the bl sh blood that has been shed in the city. And what this will mean is there's the judgment coming and they're going to be made weak and they're going to be scattered, and this is the means by which God is going to purge them of their uncleanness. They will be defiled among the nations, and it will be from their own fault and their own hand. And they will know again, I am Yahweh, Ezekiel's call line that we see over and over again. And remember, all this is being said to the Israelites in exile in Babylon. This is all showing how God is in the right for what is going on in Jerusalem. He continues, And the word of Yahweh came to me. Son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. All of them are bronze and tin and iron and lead in the furnace. They are dross of silver. Therefore thus says the Lord Yahweh, Because you have all become dross, therefore behold, I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem. As one gathers silver and bronze and iron and lead and tin into a furnace to blow the fire on it to melt it, so will I gather you, you in my anger and in my wrath, and I will put you in and melt you. I will gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath, and you shall be melted in the midst of it. As silver is melted in a furnace, so you shall be melted in the midst of it, and you shall know that I am Yahweh. I have poured out my wrath upon you. So we have another illustration here. The illustration comes from the world of metallurgy. Um, when you find or main or in various kinds of metals out there, uh, iron ore, um, the copper or the tin, things of that nature, normally you do not find it in its pure condition. Normally you have um, what we would consider contaminants or uh, other kinds of little impurities in it. And so in order to be able to make strong weapons or strong plows or whatever you need. You need to melt down the metal to a liquid form, which will allow for the separation of the pure metal from the impurities. Uh, silver, in particular, uh, which is used more for coinage than anything else, um, the you have dross that comes out of silver. That's all of the impurities that come from the silver. And so this, this metaphor flows from what just what he just said. Uh, he's just said how uh, Jerusalem is now impure. The, the people have been made impure by all of their sins. And so if they are impurity, you can look at them as impurity in terms of metal. Of course, Israel wants to see itself as the metal. And the, the text is kind of warped here a little bit, a little distorted. And, of course, so it's kind of hard sometimes within the interpretation. Uh, but we understand the general thrust here of what's going on. Uh, the idea is that the house of Israel has become the slag, it's become the worthless impurities that have come out of the iron or the from the silver and need to be cast off. And so they, uh, you will feel that fiery burning of the experience of judgment, which will involve literal fire as the city and the temple burned to the ground. 
Um, but also this means that all of the impurity will be burned off and then just rejected, will be cast off. And uh, it's definitely not an illustration that you would want to see. Uh, definitely challenges uh, Israel's self-identity and definitely something that they would not be proud of at all. He continues in Ezekiel chapter 22 and in verse 23, excuse me. And the word of Yahweh came to me, Son of man, say to her, You are a land that is not cleansed or rained upon in a day of indignation. The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured human lives. They have taken treasure and precious things. They have made many widows in her midst. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the common. Neither have they taught the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have disregarded my Sabbaths so that I am profaned among them. Her princes in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey, shedding blood, destroying lives to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have smeared whitewash for them, seeing false visions and divining lies for them, saying, Thus says the Lord Yahweh, when Yahweh has not spoken. The people of the land have practiced extortion and committed robbery. They have oppressed the poor and needy and have extorted from the sojourner without justice. And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I have returned their way upon their heads, declares the Lord Yahweh. So now we have the kind of summary judgment. A land not cleansed or rained upon in the day of indignation. Um, especially when you, if you've experienced life in a land that gets only occasional rain. Um, the, the first rains after many months of a dry season are, are not just good for the soil. They're intensely cleansing. Uh, here in Los Angeles, uh, by the time you get to October, November, the skies have pollution from all of the... Uh, machinery that's been going on in the cars and the trucks for months and it's amazing after that first rain where the, the water brings all the pollutants down to the ground how now all of a sudden you can see and how everything's clearer and even in the ancient world even though they may not have had as much industry you would definitely have experienced that cleansing that comes from the rain uh, that, that comes in and of course there's no cleansing the city's just dirt it's smogged up uh, it's, it's suffocating in its iniquity and he goes through all the different classes. We've seen some of these kind of judgments before in chapters uh, 12 and 13, 14, things of that nature. But he's going through a very systematic exploration. Uh, the prophets conspire like a, a lion that tears prey. They have devoured lives. They've taken treasure and made widows. Uh, so the, the prophets uh, speak. They make people think everything's fine. They conspire among themselves to make up all these theories about what's going on that lead people to be harmed and uh, to be marginalized and to be hurt. Does that sound familiar? Then you've got the priests who've done violence to the law. They have not made distinctions between the holy and the common, which is very important in Leviticus to make those delineations. They have not taught the difference between unclean and clean, so everything is defiled and they've disregarded the Sabbaths. The princes are like wolves tearing into the prey. Uh, they're getting uh, tearing through lives to get dishonest gain. They use their positions of authority not to do justice, but to enrich themselves at the expense of others. 
the prophets, again, are, are brought out here, and they are smearing whitewash, making it seem like everything's fine. Hey, Yahweh's spoken to me, everything will be great, and it's not going to be great. Then the people of the land, the actual residents, the you know common people, who normally you don't see brought out for a lot of condemnation. Notice it's the, the classes that are have more responsibility that have been really uh, uh, dug into. But here he goes after the regular people of the land. They've, they've extorted, they've robbed, they've oppressed the poor and needy, and they've extorted from the sojourner without justice. So they've been, uh, they're in this fearful place where anybody who is the other, they are uh, maligning or condemning. Uh, they are the people who they'll see somebody worse off than they, and they don't help them. They, they make it worse for them. I kind of rub their faces in the dirt even worse. Uh, and of course, a sojourner who has even fewer rights uh, and is somebody who is a foreigner is much more easily uh, made to be seen as a threat and a danger and they are extorted and oppressed and given great difficulty in their lives uh, to the enrichment of these people of the land. And so we then have the situation where God speaks about seeking a man. This is a very famous verse, you've probably heard it, about looking for somebody to stand in the breach before me in the land. Uh, what's he, he's going back to uh, this role that has been played over time. So Moses stood in this breach when they were in the wilderness, where God was going to consume Israel in his hot anger. And Moses is like, but then everybody will say that you have just brought them out to kill them. Don't do this for the sake of your name. And God relented. And you can imagine at different times in Israelite history where you have different holy men who would stand in that breach uh, to... to uh, get God to no longer bring the judgment that he was going to bring on the people. And so yet again, this is a time where there's a breach in the wall. What does that mean? Well, in the ancient world, you got a wall, right? And uh, if there's a breach in the wall, uh, that means that the opposing army can, can start pouring in. Uh, therefore, you need to have people who stand in the wall to become a new wall. And of course, that is a thankless place to be because now you have the full weight of the opposing army coming there. And that means you're probably going to die. This is a sacrificial role. And so he's looking for someone to sacrifice. Moses sacrificed for the people. Uh, you can think of Gideon sacrificing for the people. You can think of um, David. You can think of some others who might stand the breach. But at this time, no one stands in the breach. There's no one to stand between God and the people to beg God to not bring this calamity upon them. Uh, so, and again, the, the, the opponent here, the enemy here, is Yahweh, which is the most terrifying thing of all. I mean, that David recognized, you know, uh, he wanted to be in Yahweh's hand, not in the hand of man, uh, because he could trust in Yahweh's mercy, his covenant loyalty, his faithfulness. Uh but now, there, you don't want that situation because he's coming in judgment. And he's coming with the Babylonian army. Uh, none was found. So that is why the indignation of Yahweh is going to be poured out on them and they're going to find great distress. And it's about to happen. So... Um, this is your, again, Ezekiel in summary. If you're, if somebody was wondering, okay, where could I go to really get an idea of what Ezekiel is about? Chapter 22 is a very good place to see because you have the thrust of the condemnation and the judgment that is coming upon Jerusalem explained and the various illustrations. We could we can spot, uh, spiderweb out from here to show all the kind of connections and associations. And it's not as vulgar as 
the passages that we're about to see uh, and that we could have looked at earlier. And this really gets the uh, fullness of, of understanding why this particular judgment happened and why it was just for Yahweh to do so. Next time, we have more vulgarity with Ezekiel chapter 3 and Ahola and Aholava. And, and we hope that the Lord will bless and keep you until we're able to meet again.